Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Now you must be careful not to enter into the super sensitivity of this world system. For there are many causes and many that are saying this is the way, that's the way, this is the only way. But no, by my word and by my spirit, I will confirm unto you over and over my ability to guide you and lead you into paths of righteousness, into protection and safety, into knowledge and wisdom that you'll need in the days ahead. And you'll see that as the earth continues on that path, overwhelming themselves, many times letting the emotion of the day and hour dictate things beyond even knowledge. But no, not for you, for you're on a firm foundation. You're upon a rock that cannot be moved. So stand fast in the Word of God. Be fearless and courageous, and you'll be surprised at the victories that'll come into your life to glorify the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now lift your hands and receive it. Praise the Lord. In your Bibles, if you will, turn to Acts chapter 2. I believe just in my King James, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians after that. I'll tell you in just a minute. Hallelujah. Now, one of the things that I've been doing on Wednesday night is I have been attempting to wake up in us the reality of this great uh, deposit of God that we have on the inside of us through being born again and being baptized in the Holy Ghost and how all the other uh, power sources of God are also available to us. The Word of God, the power of the Word of God, of course, the power of the name of Jesus, uh, the power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Uh, we can talk about the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Word, all the different things. God has invested a lot of power uh, into His children. And listen, this is something that will be exponentially growing in us throughout eternity. It begins now as the first fruits of that which we have received because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you, we'll always be growing into that power. We'll step up into another level one day when our bodies are glorified. Amen. Don't think that one, that's not going to be any decrease of power. That's going to be an increase of power. Amen. It'll take power to pull all those molecules back together if you've gone by the way of the grave. But it won't be any less power than anyone else that would be here on earth as anybody else. Your mind will go to another level. Your soul will go to another level. And in the midst of that, you will be continually growing in the things of the Spirit, the things of the Lord. I saw or have read several times of people that I felt like, nah, I don't know, everybody has to judge it for themselves, you know. But I felt like they had credible uh, visitations to heaven. And, uh, you know, a couple of them in particular talked about uh, there being meetings in heaven and schools in heaven and people teaching the Word in heaven and people, you know, doing that. So I believe it. I believe we'll, we'll experience that throughout eternity where we continue to rise from levels of faith to faith and glory to glory. You say, well, you really think so? Well, I know so. That's why we're born again. Amen. Amen. Now, here in the book of Acts, we've, we had Acts chapter 1 where Jesus ascended up into heaven. Uh, 
uh, told them to go to Jerusalem uh, until they be endued with power. Uh, his, his, that great uh, scripture there in verse 8, you should receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You should be witnesses. And then it names the three different regions or three different areas. And we could, all, we could take and type and shadow that of the three areas of our lives which, in which we need to be witnesses. Amen. That which is close to us, uh, that which is in the immediate area, and then that which is far away. We do, that, we do that through one-on-one evangelism, teaching the Word of God, teaching it on the, on the uh, Internet, and then we do it by supporting missionaries and then going ourselves. Amen? Amen. That's the way we do that. We spread the Word. We are, we are witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our lives, the reality that we're here serving God, hungry for the things of God, hungry for the knowledge of God, is proof that His resurrection power has touched our lives and rearranged motivation on the inside of us. Or if there used to be a motivation of iniquity to sin or break the laws of God, or just to be selfish. Amen. Or just to live for yourself. Even though there are benevolent people in the world and in the world system, uh, selfishness is the bedrock of the world system. That's the, the, the bedrock of demonic power is selfishness. Amen. But it's amazing how, how the gospel will liberate you. And you'll begin to experience the generosity of God and then you'll want to be generous too. And so here God's pouring out His Spirit. They'd already experienced salvation over in John chapter 1, um, excuse me, John chapter uh, 21, where Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Those that were there were born again. Now, I bet it was very easy to believe He had risen from the dead when you saw Him. Visual illustration, amen. And Thomas, who was the doubter, which we don't believe in Thomas's faith. Thomas, I have to see it to believe it. No, we believe in, 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 we believe in, who who was it? I had had his name in my... uh, going to use them as an illustration. Lord, I lost that. Anyway, I'll pick it up in a minute. But he didn't have to see to believe. All he, all he did was believe and then see. That's what faith does. It believes and then it sees. Now, sometimes that's abstract when it comes to life because there are times when you really need to see it or feel it or see it in the check account or see it, in the, you know, see it on the doctor's report. But in the midst of that, God has given us his word, which has a greater power to convince us of the reality of what he has said he has done for us than anything else. I've been st- I have been sick, and I have been very sick. And I've been very, very sick. It still didn't convince me I wasn't healed. Amen. I've been broke, very, very broke. And it did, did not convince me I wasn't prosperous. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? That's what the Spirit of God does on the inside of us by the Word of God. Now they've gotten, not only the Spirit comes in and abides, now in Acts chapter 2, the Spirit comes down on them. They begin to speak with other tongues. They pour out into the street drunk in the Holy Ghost. People start gathering around them. I'm telling you, God's moving. God's doing something powerful right there in Acts chapter 2. And he's bringing literally a brand new spiritual paradigm upon the earth. It's literally the the generation of the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen? Amen. In which the mercy of God, which kept all of us alive till till, till Jesus found us. It's the best way to describe it. Amen. And that mercy and grace that's working in the world today, that's still part of that. When Jesus did not quote the entire scripture there in the book of Isaiah, he said, the acceptable year of the Lord, then the Bible makes sure we knew in Luke chapter 4, he closed the book. Because the rest of that verse says, and the day of the vengeance of our God. So he showed us all right then and there. I'm fixing to usher in a brand new spiritual paradigm. People are going to see God for who he is. A loving 
kind, generous God, full of compassion, full of mercy, full of love, and just has gone way out of his way to do everything he can do to bless us. Amen. Yeah. Say, well, Pastor, you, know, you don't know how I'm living. Well, you, then you ought to straighten up <laughs> and live right. Because if you'll straighten up and live right, it'll show up. Amen. Amen. Now, we end up there where he begins to preach. Verse 16. Now, let me, let me read this. This is his response to the crowd in response to what they were seeing or experiencing. These people speaking in these languages... And there were people understanding those languages because the Jewish people had gathered for that particular feast of Pentecost. Amen? So they heard him speaking in all these languages. Now he's preaching this message, and as a good preacher should do, he takes a text, Joel chapter 2. He says in in verse 16 of Acts chapter 2, this is that. Everybody say, this is that. So some of these people that say this is that hadn't gotten here yet. There's, There's a lot of them that say this is that hadn't gotten here yet. Well, then how can this be that if it hadn't gotten there yet? So I believe Peter more than I believe them. Because a person with a testimony has an advantage over somebody with an argument. If you're blind and you get healed, you can argue all day long with a blind man that's been healed. You're not going to talk him out of his healing because now he sees. Amen. Same thing's true of revelation that God gives you, blessing that God gives you, all of these things that God gets. Listen, he wants you to keep them and have them, amen? This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days. Now they considered when Jesus rose from the dead and they watched him go up in that cloud and that angel came back down and said, why why are you standing here staring? Amen? They thought, that's it. Now, well, we just stepped into the last days. I mean, they realized that. It took Paul a long time till he realized, I'm a son born out of season. You know why he said that? He wanted to be alive right now. He wanted to be alive when it wrapped up. He said, I'm a son born out of season. Now, notice what it says here. It says, it should come to pass in the last days that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy, or they shall speak to the edification, exhortation, and comfort of the church. It didn't say they'd speak doom and gloom, and it didn't say they'd be political prognosticators. I'm going to come over here. I like these people better. Amen. And people out there prophesying all kinds of crazy things. Oh, man, they're prophesying the COVID and the mark of the beast and this and that. Listen, I know we may be on a pathway to a lot of crazy stuff, but in reality, you've got to realize we're still living in the acceptable year of the Lord. Grace and mercy are still upon the earth. And this is the last days because this was that which was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah. In the last of the last days, I'm going to pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It either either is or it ain't. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Amen. Amen. And he's saying, listen, we're going to be speaking unto one another. Edification. Building each other up. 
exhortation. You're going to make it. I'm standing with you. Glory to God. Comfort. Oh, you took the mark of the beast. That isn't comfort. Amen. Now here he's, he, he's, he's reading this and he's literally setting the stage for 3,000 of them to get saved. It says, and I'll show uh, wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. Come, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, church, let me say this. You've got to dig around to find out what's going on. But there is some stuff going on. I'm not talking about in the Republicans or the... I mean, forget all that stuff. You've got to dig in there and look at what's going on. You've got, to, you've got to do a little bit of searching. Listen, there are things in the heavens that are crying out. It's the last days. The glory of God is mad. I'm telling you, this, this past year, 2020, Christmas 2020, was the first time in 2,000 years that the Bethlehem star appeared. The Bethlehem star is three planets coming together, coming together to make this bright, shining light in the sky. It hasn't happened. And it happens in certain celestial bodies. And in this celestial body that it happened in, it happened in the one that is the lion. Leo, the lion of the tribe of Judah, is fixing to show up upon this earth and everybody is going to see his glory. The heavens are saying it. Earthquakes are off the scale. They don't even talk about them anymore. They're having them all over there. Strange storms, phenomenons, meteors, asteroids going by. Did you know uh, NASA's putting a rocket up here in the next few days to try and actually see if they can push a meteor, uh, an asteroid out of its orbit? Why would they do that? Right. Yeah. Amen? Amen? You've got to understand, church, we're there. The three nations that are going to come together. In a, in a conspiracy to come down upon Israel, have signed the agreement and are right there doing it. Troops are coming in, pouring into the Middle East. All kinds of stuff is happening. You can't sit there asleep. Amen? Amen. You have to wake up and realize you've been, you've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. This is the time in which these signs, these wonders, all of these miracles that God is doing. I, I still, I love, I listened to Joe Morris today and he talks about all of those 63 different signs and all these things that's going on that are just phenomenal, that have not gone on before. It has not happened before. It's not coincidence. It's not just, well, this just happened. No, this is God showing up again upon the earth sovereignly within our covenant to bring this age to an end, the Bible says, to fold it up as it were and place it upon a shelf. And it will be over. I said it will be over. Now notice, go down to verse. Uh, how's my time? Oh, I'm doing good. Go down to verse 29. It looks like I'm scratched right through it, but that's all right. It says, men and brethren, I'm living, reading the King James, men and brethren, let me speak freely unto you. The patriarch, the patriarch David, uh, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn an oath to him, 
that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this therefore spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up. Now listen, this Jesus hath God raised up, wherefore we are all witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. Therefore being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this which you now see and hear. I'm telling you, there's a lot in this that ought to make a Pentecostal person shout. You know what he's saying this? He's, this is what he's saying. Proof positive. Evidence in the natural. Seeing and hearing. God bursting into the central realm. Central realm where he can be felt, where he can be sensed, where he can empower you to speak in a language that your spirit man wants to cry out to God with. Your flesh may, flesh may want to suppress it. Your soul doesn't understand it. But if you ever hook up and pray for 15 to 20 minutes in other tongues, you'll feel a spirit force working on the inside of you that's working all things together for your good. Amen? Amen? Amen. I mean, that's in the Word of God, Romans chapter 8. And when you realize and recognize that, that God has invested in you the very realities of who He is and where He's from. You say, what do you mean by that? The reality of His nature, for we are partakers of the divine nature through the Word. Amen? And the attitude of citizens of another planet. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, what are you hanging on to? <laughs> Amen. There ain't nothing on this earth that can give you more pleasure than God. There's nothing on this earth that can give you more blessing than God. There's nothing that on this earth that can satisfy you more than God does in His Son, Jesus. I mean, it is the reality of what we live our lives for, that if we go by the way of the grave, we go to heaven, and the Bible says it's not better, it's far better. I better stop there. Go to 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians. Hallelujah. I sense stirrings of God in our midst. Whew, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians. Look at, let's begin there with verse 3. Now, I'm a, I'll read my King James here a minute, then I'm going to switch, switch translations on you. Verse 3, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Everybody say lost. So, you know, church, there are lost people and saved people. Amen. The psychology of theology and religion has tried to erase that out of Christianity. That's really sad. I'd hate to claim to be a Christian my whole life and die and go to hell because nobody told me I needed to be born again. Amen? I mean, glory to God. It's better to live your whole life and not know and find out on your deathbed than it is to live a whole life and think you're right and miss out. 
So if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. There are lost people. In whom the God, now notice that's with a little g, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Now notice that again. It blinds the minds of those that believe not. Now that, that, that denotes a conscious effort not to believe. You say, you say what do you, why are you trying to say that? Well, if that was everybody that's lost, we wouldn't have a chance. Amen? But not everybody believes not. A lot of people believe they just don't know how to believe. Like we were one day. Come on, church. Did not, didn't know how to believe to get saved. Didn't know how to believe to get healed. Didn't know how to believe to prosper. But then one day, but th- listen, there are those that do not believe. And the Bible says in these last days, he's going to give men over to strong delusions. And I'm telling you, church, there's some strong delusions out there. I mean, I'm like, whoa, good Lord, have mercy. Turn it back to Bugs Bunny. Man, amen? But that doesn't mean everybody out there is unavailable. No, they're available for harvest. And a lot of people are as close as that confession. They just need somebody to pray with them. And to love them and share the love of Jesus with them. Amen. Amen. Now notice this. Whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, least the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commended the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Now notice the next verse, verse 7. But we have this treasure. Come on, church. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know what God's saying? I didn't hold my treasure in heaven. I put my treasure on the earth. I'm keeping my treasure in the earth. Oh man, I don't know what that does something for me right there. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. One translation says that people in our, that, that examine our lives will see God and not us. I trust they do it. That, that happens for all of us. Amen. Oh, this is good stuff. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in our body the dying of, of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. That's talking about divine healing. Manifest in our bodies. Symptoms gone. Doctors report. No more. Mm, Glory to God. For which we live and are already delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We, having the same spirit of faith, According to it is written, I believe, remember, believe not, I believe, 
and therefore have spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. He goes back to the very basic of faith. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. We have that same spirit of faith. Paul's words echo down through the centuries. That same spirit of faith. Oh, glory to God. Like, I like verse 14. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment compared to eternity. 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, yet for a moment it seems to drag on forever till you get there. Then it's like, where did it go? That's how wicked time is. Oh, glory to God. That God loved us so much to let us in on this stuff is just mind-blowing. For our light affliction is but for a moment worketh for us a more exceeding eternal weight of glory. For we look not at that which is seen, but at that which is unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal, are subject to change, but the things that are unseen are eternal, are forever settled in heaven. You say, where'd you go on Wednesday night? I was over there looking at the unseen. That's what you ought to tell. Where are you on Wednesday night? Well, I was over there at the, at the island church. We were all looking at the unseen. Well, what did you see? Well, we saw healing and health and blessing and heaven and joy and, and righteousness. And, and we saw the blessings. I'm telling you, when you look into the unseen and realize God's given us a way to get what's in the unseen to us. Let me, let me, uh, let me close with this. I'm, I like it in the... I like it in the uh, I like it in the Passion Bible. Let me read it real quick. I won't read all that, but just a little. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we, know, we don't know what to do. But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own body so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. That means we're, we're weak. He is strong. We consider living to mean that we are constant being, being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then death is at work in us but releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, 
Then I spoke in faith. We also believe. Then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him and together we will be brought into his presence. So, what I've been meditating on here for the last three or four days And it's kind of a question of, okay, Lord, we see this in the Word. We can worship and praise you in a church service and bring in an atmosphere to teach the Word of God in which people are not only informed but inspired. It means the Word's going forth and people are not just passively listening, but they're hearing what God is saying. Amen? Amen. Now, where the enemy tries to mess with you is this. Our our words, we are so acclimated to the definitions of our words, not only through what they say through definition, but how we have experienced them. You can say power to one person, it'd mean one. You can say power to uh, to someone like George, and it would be a a 440 cubic inch engine. (laughs) Amen. You could say something, uh, the word power to my brother, uh, to, to Uncle Al, and it might mean uh, a 10-foot scale Hawaiian wave breaking on a three-foot reef. We were paddling one time out of the South Shore, and this big old wave was walling up in front of us. Remember that? And I said, get ready, get ready, get ready. I mean, I said, welcome to Hawaii. You got some power. I mean, maybe when you were on a big jet airplane. But see, all of these uh, words, power, we connect them to a feeling or emotion or something that produces that. You can imagine three, four, five hundred years ago, however long ago, when all it was was the Karankawa Indians roaming around through these marshes. And the lightning would flash in the sky and they would know there's power in that. But we're unrestricted to know anything about it, how to use it. So basically what they do many times is just worship it. Well, lack of a knowledge of what, well, you know, well, that's, that's God doing something. They just didn't understand it until some, somebody figured out how to do something with it. The same thing with spiritual things. God did, did, didn't just pour all this out and expect it to just, you know, it, it's there because it's there and, and mankind will just... Have an advantage. No, there's a force on the earth that has fought this since the day it came out. Since the day God rolled it out in Jerusalem. Thank God for Cornelius, it ended up in his house. And because of that, we have it in this house today. Amen. 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 And God has gathered from the nations of the world the harvest of God. It's already here. Uh, the diversity of what we even have in our, in our, in our what we call the, the biggest little church in the world. Amen. I mean, it's amazing what God is doing right now, preparing us for these last days. But we must be ever conscious that it was not a deposit in an emotion or a feeling that understand that well, when we feel this great surge of power, this, that, well, thank God for that when it happens. But in the meantime, the just shall live by faith. On your weakest day, that power is still resident, resident in you in the same force that it was when you received it. Yes, you got to develop it. Yes, you got to walk in it. Yes, you got to live right. Yes, you got to live by the Word of God, release its power in your life. But I guarantee you, it is there. It is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You don't check it at the door when you leave. Amen. You don't lose your holiness. You don't lose your righteousness. You don't lose the protection that God puts around. You don't lose it. That power is working in you. 
that power is working for you and that power desires to work through you. And I believe that's what we're working through in these days of prayer and intercession and studying the Word of God and letting the Word dwell in us richly to produce that glory. Now see, several times it mentioned in here, thank you Lord for reminding me of that and then we'll close. It mentioned the, de- the death, kept, rem- kept talking about the death of Christ, that the life of God might. See, he's t- remember we teach it when we teach on re- redemption, death is what? It's separation. And that you enter into his death in a place in faith where it separates you from that anger, from that pain, from that hurt, from that disease in your body, from whatever it is that you need the death of Christ working in your life. That's where it begins at the cross, but it ends up at that empty tomb where he's risen from the dead and that resurrection power goes to your need and supernaturally you're delivered. (laughs) And you might not feel a thing. I said, you might not feel a thing. But there is evidence that the power of God has been working to set you free, to deliver you, and to help you be exactly what God says you are. Because you are a witness of His resurrection. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and thank Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Oh, how we glorify your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. That's why it's so good just to stay in an attitude of praise and worship all day long. Talking to God. I know you've got to, you know, I've got to take time and do this and do this and my mind gets, but then you come right back to that place of just worshiping God and staying aware of his presence. Amen. Amen. That works that presence in you. That that helps you stay aware of that. And I guarantee you that's such a great way to live. Amen. And I tell you, that's exactly how God wants us to live in this day and hour. Remember the just shall live by faith. Pastor, you mean all this is true just because we believe it? It is. Whether you believe it or not, it still remains true, but it's when you believe it, it's activated in your life. Amen. I want to switch on. I want to switch on. That's why many times if you come to prayer, you hear me pray in the Word. You say, why are you doing that? I'm charging the atmosphere. There's power in that Word. Power in that Word. Power in that Word. And every time you speak that Word, you're releasing the power of that Word. You may not feel it. You may not sense it, but you may. Amen. Thank you, Father. Lord, as we leave tonight, thank you for your goodness in our life. As is our tradition, we appropriate the blessing of Psalms 91, declaring over our entire congregation, there should no evil's going to befall us, no plague come nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us, both in our righteous labor, our continued preparation for our conference, and all the resources that we handle all the transportation that we move around the earth on, we declare your protective ability, guarding us through the power of the word, the angelic host of God. Thank you, Jesus. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You'd be with us always, even until the end of the age. Thank you for that special grace for these last days. Thank you, Lord God. Fathers, we leave tonight. We thank you for a fire of evangelism burning in our heart. Let that word that dwells in us richly. Let our lives preach Jesus. Send us to those that are hurting. Those that just don't know. Those that haven't heard the way they need to hear. Not only the proclamation, but the demonstration of your life and power. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. As we leave tonight, we love you, Father. Lord Jesus, we glorify your name. Spirit of God, we reverence you in this place and in our lives. We thank you, Father, as we leave tonight. 
Lord, that we're the answer to people's prayers. Lord, you said you've given us those that would be created in the last days. We know that's the new creation. You've given us for signs and wonders in the earth. We thank you that these next few days, Father, hurting people, people in pain, people that need Jesus, Father, will be an answer to their prayer, a problem to the devil and a miracle in their lives. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.